Hello and welcome to episode three of Gaming with Soul, seeking soul through the lens of gaming and pop culture. Yeah, I'm Jamie. You remembered. Yeah, Hi, I'm Karen. Last, <laughs> last week was a bit of a yeah. <laughs> the sad part yeah. is, is I asked you to remind me before we actually went live. We go live, and I forgot it. <laughs> yep. 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 Um, I will beg everybody's forgiveness i have a cold so if i am stuffed up and snuffly and um a little bit all over the place yeah i've got a head full of soggy cotton wool let's call you snuffle up i guess that'd be great okay big bird (laughs) i love snuffy oh me too me too he was always my favorite Oh, dear me. So today we were going to have a look into what our um, classes, our our class choice in our gaming says about us on a deeper level. Um, This one, it it really is going to be a bit of an examination into archetypes, shall we say, now. Before we go any further, let's have a a little bit of a discussion on what an archetype is. Now, archetypes are, I mean, very much the buzzword if you are talking psychology or spirituality at the moment. Now, again, we're separating religion from spirituality. Religion is, is more this following a doctrine you know, follow this belief system to to have this kind of a, a connection with with the divine. What we are talking about is our personal relationship with whatever we classify divine to be, or whether or not this relationship is actually just a connection with our higher selves, our higher level of consciousness, and you want to take this on a purely psychological level because this works both ways. You can deepen your, your spirituality or you can understand self. So whatever and whatever doesn't work, you just throw it in the fuck it bucket. Yep. I think that's, that's the best and easiest way to go about it at the moment is we're going to throw a lot of stuff out there. Some of it is going to be weird for you. Some of it you might sit with for a while and a year later it'll be, oh, oh, now I get it. Until then, yeah, anything that doesn't resonate, put it in the fuck it bucket. We are here to to have a discussion. We are not saying, yes, this is the way it is. We are saying this is how we have interpreted this. Um, This is how how we are coming at this from our personal experiences, from our experiences of soul to help other people who have been where we were when we were younger before, you know, we've come to this understanding to reach out to people who may be feeling lost and alone to help you connect to yourself on a deeper level, to connect to other people who are perhaps feeling and thinking the same way that you are and to create a safe space to have some deep discussions on some topics that a lot of people will think are a little bit nuts because on, on surface levels, it, it kind of looks nuts. But again, as we talked about last episode, this is about our stories and that is what yeah. archetypes are all about. When you look at human history, if you go back through the different cultures, now completely separate, isolated cultures, 
hidden in the stories, in the legends, in, in the tales of their gods are archetypes. Now, archetypes, um, I mean, they, they are our earliest programmed patterns. Now, what are the archetypes? Well, depends on who you ask. If you start researching this stuff, you will go down this wormhole that is, you know, there are anything from four to over a hundred different archetypes, depending upon who you talk to. Um, I worked in a group that focused on six for the feminine. Um, I'm in another group that has a focus on 13. Uh, it really depends. But if you look, and we will take this up to just Jungen's psychology, psychology where there are the four primaries and then all the others are assorted versions of these four primaries. Now, we will talk from the, the generality. So rather than splitting at this point into masculine and feminine, again, not male, female, but masculine and feminine, um, the four are generally um, warrior, <clears throat> so all the different divisions of warrior, whether that be masculine or feminine. If you go to feminine, sometimes it's called Amazon, but generally we've got warrior. Um, lover, again, masculine or feminine. We have sovereign, which also encompasses parents and so mother, father. Um, so king, queen, you know, masculine, feminine there. And then we have um, magician, witch, um, medicine man, medicine woman, you know, the, the elder aspect um, in, in its masculine and feminine too. And then all the different versions and mixtures of, of that. And then when you look into different cultures, you will see, you know, with the different gods and the different stories that there are these similarities from culture to culture to culture, similarities in symbolism between different divine aspects. I mean, you know, you look at things like Odin and Jupiter yeah. and Zeus. Um, there are commonalities that run between them, um, whether or not you say, oh, yes, these stories were derived from that or were these, again, just their own stories that evolved based on their connection to the divine or the archetype. But we see these similarities everywhere. And we all have these mixed elements of, um, again, we all embody all the archetypes. We all have them, just as we all embody an element of masculine and feminine. But we're all different blends of that. It's like we will be more of one and more of the other. It's like, yes, I'm a very feminine, generally, woman, long hair, you know, long dresses. I, I always feel that kind of feminine flow thing. But I'm a maths girl. You know, straight line, logic, anal and analytical. I like plans. I like strategy. I, I like to know where things are going. I have, and that is a very masculine general trait. The wibbledy wobbledy all over the place. Yeah, I do that too. Yeah, but that straight that straight line is definitely there. Yeah, where I'm, I'm fairly masculine. I build shit with my ha hands. I like like to hammer things i like to you know brute force my way through things i'm all that but i don't plan i yeah. i i do a lot of things off the cuff i i like 
we we discuss this podcast outside of this podcast because of course the world exists outside of this podcast um <laughs> and you're constantly like we need a plan we need a plan we need a plan and i'm just like let's do it <laughs> <laughs> yeah but as i say i'm i'm not the i don't want a strategy this is exactly what we're going to say it's just like give me a topic yeah. so at least i know where i'm coming from especially considering i'm supposed to be the bloody expert yeah well <laughs> And I'm, I'm, you're I'm just like, yeah, let's do this. First of all, just throw you into it. Nah. No. So, then, so you know, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not that, I'm not that anal, shall we yeah, say, about well, yeah. the plans. I, I'm not that, give me this. We need to know exactly what we're doing, when we're doing it, how we're doing yeah. it. Just like, give me a goal, give me a focus, yeah. g- give me somewhere that we're going. Yeah, sure. I can take the scenic route. That's fine. If I know I've got to come back round yeah. to this point again. So for me, I mean, look, as, if we want to get talk a little astrology, I'm a Libra and so I'm all about balance. I, I'm, I'm very much finding that balance up, down. Yes, I'm, I'm this and this. One of my mentors talks a lot about the both and. Yes, yeah. I am intuitive. I am psychic. I'm going through even more growth. Um, you know, all this awakening, all this healing, all that sort of thing. But yeah, at the core, there's still the gamer. Yeah. And I'm sick to death of hiding that from the world because of the psychics tell me that I, I need to grow up and, and do more meaningful things and then hiding it from the gamers because, hey, look, you're a, you're a weirdo. Yeah. Yeah. Something so anyway, that was... that was a little bit of a discussion. Does that explain to you more what the archetypes are? Does that... Do I yeah. need to go deeper? Do you think that's enough? No. no, it's it's kind of funny because I've only touched on the warrior side of ones, which of course I'm assuming part of the warrior is the hero and the the this and that. Yeah. So I was like, oh, the four are are the the. I, my brain is like the four are the the child. The I forget the four from the book. Crap, brain well, what- function. Well, the book that um, that I gave you and shared with you now, this it is, and I will mention it because from a, a Youngin psychology book, it is awesome. It is yep. flawed, like most psychology books, and I will put that out there. There are, and again, there are nuggets of gold. You go out there, yep. you find your nuggets of gold. You find those elements. It's like, yep, this rings true for me. Yep, this rings true for me. No, that's bullshit. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. Yep. Put it in the fuck it bucket. Well, and again, guys, good... I'm Australian. I will swear a lot, so get used to it. <laughs> uh, well, and even a good psychiatrist will talk about like they're flawed too. They, yeah, one of the big traps they have to watch themselves on is assuming they know a thing. So, like, yeah. where they'll be like, "This is how your brain works. This is how you think. This is how blah blah blah." When it's because they have a small piece of it or whatever. They think they figured it all out. And they're like, this is, this will solve your problem. And sometimes it'll turn out that they're wrong. Like they've, they've, yeah, they were so and, sure and some, that they were right, that they missed something. Yeah. And, and some will, will absolutely be, you know, this is, let's face it. Most people who do psychology are either out there to try and figure out what's wrong with themselves Yep. Or to learn how to manipulate other people. That, that tends to be to yeah. be the thing. It's like, yes, they want to help and, yes, they want to understand or whatever, but, again, you break down those if you want to get simplistic 
about yeah. it. And yes, that is overly simplistic. Most people who do psychology, yes, they want to be psychologists. It's again to have that deeper understanding. Usually it comes from an understanding of self. And if you have a look, psychologists and psychiatrists, um, it's, it has a very high suicide rate. Yeah. And the author of King Warrior Magician Lover, um, which is a great book on male archetypes, both um, from the immature, which is, you know, um, you know, grandstand bully, coward is the, the shadow versions, but the hero is the immature version of warrior. Yeah. So the, the, the heroes, I mean, we will go really deeply into hero and warrior. I don't know if we need to go in deeply into the four archetypes, but there are the feminine versions of as well. Yeah. Oh, um, we'll, we'll probably go deeply in, in another episode. I think this yeah. one is just kind of the introduction to. to this is where we are coming from as yeah. to, to why this discussion is important. And so we're yeah. just touching on, on the, you know, the worry hero aspect, but ultimately yeah, in this particular book it is an awesome look at these things again, flawed, yeah. but the author um murder suicide he shot his wife and then killed himself this renowned psychologist wrote this amazing book on young and archetypes um in in masculine personalities and yeah Yeah. he he went and did something like that so there is good knowledge there but just remember where it came from yeah but a lot of a lot of modern talks and archetypes especially masculinity still draws from this particular um, book. Yeah. So it's just also, something to be aware of. Sorry. Also, uh, we, we are not shaming or insulting psychiatrists or anything. I think no. psychiatry, psychology and psychiatry is very necessary. Um, I oh, am yes. one of those people who <laughs> believes that, you know, if you can afford it, get a psychiatrist, get a psychologist, you know, whatever you need. Well, because, I, I, I would not there is no be shame here. Yeah, I would not be here if I hadn't had, you know, some help, medication and things like that when I went through some incredibly dark times when I was younger. Um, You know, medication saved my life. And if you need it, bloody take it. And if you need support, go and get support. If you feel that you're on the brink, reach out. Goodness, reach out to your doctor to to find a psychiatrist, find one of those online phone calls. If you are in those dark places, there is no shame. Yeah. No shame whatsoever in reaching out. It is necessary for the human condition yeah. to reach out to others. Yeah. I mean, yes, we want to create a, a supportive community, but, yes, I, I believe in the professionals. But I yeah. also believe, too, that if your doctors are not helping you, find another one. Oh, yeah, 100%. Uh, <clears> but I just I just wanted to make it perfectly clear that yeah. we're not, like, shaming psychiatrists or anything. No, no, are. we're not. We're, um, again, great wisdom coming from them, but you need to believe your own wisdom on top of that. You need to trust yeah. what rings true for you. And always the, you know what, <laughs> okay, bucket, bucket. That, yeah. Put it in that, put it over to the side, take what works for you and, and put the rest away. But, again, yeah. remembering that doctors, psychiatrists are humans and humans can be yep. very flawed. So exactly. trust your own instinct. If they're not helping you, find someone who does. Yep. If you and need help, good- reach out. <clears throat> yeah. And any good psychiatrist and mental health professional will also agree with that. They will tell you, hey, if this isn't working, we can find someone who will. Yeah. And so what we are doing here today is not meant to be to replace any therapy, any counselling or any healing Mm -hmm. that you need. We are here to open a discussion. Yep. 
yep. to to encourage people to start talking about these weirder topics because there's so much juicy, meaningful stuff there if we only open ourselves up to it and to open up and create a community where yep. like-minded gamers can come and talk about the deep, weird stuff that happens to them and and also feel connected and not so isolated from each other. Yeah. So, yes, we, we are weaving a little bit of psychology with a little bit of spirituality and, and you know, modern-day storytelling in, in pop culture and games and it, it's importance of it. So that weaves us right back to classes. Yes. So we will start with the obvious. Well, how about we just start with your favourite, the, the tank. tank. I love tanking. Tank, the one who stands in front of all the enemies and takes it to the face so the rest of the party doesn't. Yeah, basically defender. Oh, the defender, yeah. the protector, the the warrior. It is, by and large, the warrior. Very much so. <clears throat> but it's it's of that yes draw the draw the fire dr- the sacrifice yep make make of the sacrifice in 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 order to protect others or in order to yep. to care for others and sometimes to, to it's serve. making that sacrifice to let others do the things they need to do mm-hmm. this is to the old draw draw their fire draw their attention while someone else goes in and does what needs to be done. Yeah. And so why yeah. is that aspect always talk to you? I grew up, I, I mentioned this in the last episode, I grew up poor. I grew up in a trailer park and I was the attention of most of the bullies. And what ended up happening in a lot of ways is I kind of got a little group of friends together and I would draw the fire of the bullies because I was the one strong enough to take it. I was the one with the f- mental, I was not physically strong enough, but I was the one with the mental fortitude to be able to stand up and take that beating every single day. So they didn't have to. And that's something that's always spoke to me. The, the, you know, standing up to take that beating. So other people don't have to, cause I know I'm strong enough to take it. And that's not to say they're weak and they're pathetic, blah, blah, blah. It's to say that, to me, I don't like to see other people suffer. I don't like people to go through the pain that I've been through. I went real deep on this, and I don't know if that's what I should have done. Um, but I don't I don't like to see other people suffer. I hate it. it. It affects me in such a passionate way that I will take suffering so others don't have to. And that's who I am. And that's why I love playing tank because it's, I am the one who's, who's drawing all the enemies fire. I pull them away. I make sure they're doing, they're facing the right directions and, and leading. It's also a big leadership thing. You're usually the one out front because you're the one who has to make the pulls. So you have to, to be the front line to, to figure out the plan to kind of, to go through with it. Yeah. Where do you think or where do you feel that comes from if that's not coming from a, a pure place? What what do you think the shadow is of that? Uh, to me, and I don't know how right this is, but the shadow of that would probably be, assuming they still follow the same, you know, wanting to take the, the, 
the damage and whatnot would be um uh how do i put this the the glory you want all the glory you're the one who i'm the one who saved you all i'm the one who did all the things yeah and that's that again when we go deep into to the whole hero warrior archetype that's that's pretty much the difference is the hero's in it for himself yeah and 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 that that in it for himself can be anything from something quite righteous to mm-hmm. something very self-serving, but ultimately he gets something out of it, whereas the warrior yeah. is doing it for a higher purpose, and, <clears throat> yeah. for, 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 for a greater good, so and to speak. You can see this a lot in MMOs. You see those tanks out there that are like, I'm the tank. I'm the reason that this, this raid does well. I'm the one that carries everyone else on their shoulders. I'm the, the one who, who does all these things. And then there's, and this is, you know, I used to be that tank in WoW when I was one of the top 10 tanks on my, uh, I was, I was the number two warrior tank in the top 10 tanks on at least my server. I forget if it was overall or not, because it's been years now, but um, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm one of the best tanks in the world. I'm awesome. I'm good at tanking. Um, Other people could learn tanking from me. I'm much more laid back with it now. And for me, it's like, I, I take of it. We'll, we'll touch back to final fantasy 14 here for a minute and I'll touch on D and D a little too, but uh, in for, final fantasy 14, I believe has a huge problem right now where everyone believes their DPS um, tanks believe that they need to maximize their damage output. Healers believe they need to maximize their damage output. Uh, I hate that mindset. Um, and I came at it at the angle of I'm going to maximize or I'm going to minimize damage taken. Uh, and doing that will allow the healer less or to use less time healing me, which will allow them to, to do more damage. And then while they're doing uh, focusing less on doing damage or they're focusing less on healing me, uh, they're also focusing more on keeping the two DPS alive. So the two DPS can also do their job, which is to do the damage because the numbers are there to prove that that's the best way to do it. Um, like my, I, I, I've ran, now this will show how nerdy I am when it comes to MMOs. I spent about three hours one day just running numbers on how much damage I do, my maximum potential damage output if I did all this stuff compared to my maximum damage output if I focus more on defense. And I realized the number was so minuscule that it didn't matter <laughs> and, and stuff like that. I, I ran through, it was like, okay, I do an extra 300 damage a hit. Which, yes, adds up, but when you're talking about 20,000 damage hits, it takes a bit yeah. to add up <laughs> compared to, <laughs> oh, but I'm taking 10% less damage, which means I'm taking several thousand less damage, which means the healer is using one less heal per rotation that they could put somewhere else. And since the healer does so much more damage than I do, it, just from a pure damage output, it means that technically our overall DPS is a part. It's a whole big thing. <laughs> but i think that, that 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 is kind of the difference between to me anyway the hero and the warrior is yeah. i'm doing it to maximize them instead of i'm doing it because i want all the glory for tanking and and that that is the the primary difference between hero and warrior the hero is in there to test his limits and for self-glory where again whatever that glory is, whether that is revenge because his entire people has been wiped out, that 
going after someone that's not for a higher good that that's revenge yeah but um whereas the warrior is purely serving of something greater which is usually the group the community a mm-hmm. purpose a divine thing something along yeah. those lines is usually on that self-sacrificing level yeah um, the other element too is true warrior tends to be uh, actually no we won't worry about that that's going deeper into the archetypes I don't think that needs to be explored um, uh, the other thing I was going to not ask yet, anyway, was we will eventually yeah um, I need to do more homework on that because although yeah. I know stuff I, it, it's one of those if I'm going to talk deeply on it I, I'd want to do a bit more research and it really is a goddamn rabbit hole Whoa. yeah yeah. <laughs> it's pretty full and especially when you're trying to look at it from both angles from that spiritual and the psychological and then trusting my intuition going what serves our group compared yeah. to you know whether we go hardcore in that way or hardcore in that way so anyway um i wanted to go back to are there any other sort of classes or archetypes or or, or um roles in gaming that you do feel more called to than than any other uh to or is be it primarily honest, just your tanking? Oh no, in if we talk D and I'm also very much called to I'm called to almost any of them in different aspects. It really depends on my mood at the time, I guess. Um but in D and do like to play a healer from time to time, although to be fair, my healer does kind of turn out to be more of a tank. <laughs> uh, yes, your life your life clerics are usually pretty pretty tanky creatures. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, but uh, for a long time, I was very much into the subterfuge, the rogue. Yeah. Um, there was, which a, is mine. Uh, yeah. There was a several year point in my life where that was all I played in D and D. In MMOs, not so much, uh, other than healer, but even that's, yeah. Can I ask then, um, when you went through the, the period where you were playing a lot of subterfuge, were you going through a period in your life where you were feeling unseen? Yes, that is a very accurate uh, thing. Or at the very least, I didn't want to be seen. Yeah, and that that's it, it, it go, can go either way. It's like I am hiding or nobody sees me. Yeah, and, and, it, it, and depending on the day, it could go either way. And a part of that too, I mean, for you playing playing the role of of warrior, of of hero, those are aspects that speak to you on that deep soul level. Those are those elements that that call to your soul. But also too, because of modern society being what it is, it doesn't exactly give you that option and opportunity to embody what you feel on that soul level. So, you know, that aspect calling out to be embodied, games give you those options to to live out and to embody these things that you feel in yourself on a soul level. But, yeah, you know, going, as you say, going down out in the street in, in full battle armour with a big long sword <laughs> is, 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 yeah. Generally you, you, Yeah, you could upset the children. Yeah. Um, actually, no, the kids would probably love it. It's, it's yeah, other people yeah. that would have the problem. Um, but it's an interesting thing that this is who you are on that soul level. And so when you play, this is, is how you, you know, how it manifests 
majoritively. Obviously, yes, you'll have other times where you feel and you want to do something different because, hey, same, same all the time is boring. Yep. For me, though, because I am the healer, I mean, yes, not in that medical kind of a way, but on that, that emotional and, and, and personal and spiritual way, that is, is what I do. All I want to do is help people and heal people and take care of them. That's, that, that's the mystic mama that I am. But yeah. it is rare in a game that I take up that role or want to take up the role of healer. And that is the difference between who you are on that soul level and who I am on that soul level. Because on that soul level, obviously I do what my soul calls me to do. Yeah. In, in my work and in my profession, I have the ability to enact and to embody what I feel I am on that soul level, whereas you do not and so your soul seeks that out yeah that um, makes sense. my my majority of, um i mean yes i love a good caster i've always loved a good caster just 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 for shits and giggles i've had some fun with a couple of them um uh, actually my last two casters have been awesome i've loved them both yeah but traditionally my game class has been subterfuge um, I have always, I mean, I, I loved, there was a game called Thief yes. that I absolutely adored. I played it the old, old original, and then I've played the, the remake of that. As I mentioned last time round, my, my all-time favourite series is um, Assassin's Creed. And yeah, for I, the most part, yes, I play sneaky, sneaky stabby. That yeah. That's, yes, I'll go through the, you know, sh- fuck this, I'm just going to go on a killing spree. But yeah. I, I tried playing. Huh? I tried playing the original Thief once. It went terribly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, the original speak... Thief. You weren't supposed to kill people. You were supposed oh, to yeah. just sneak in, steal shit, and get out again. Uh huh. I couldn't sneak into the first building. Gave up and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> that first building was actually one of the hardest ones. Yeah. But... Well. Yeah, kept me I've, out. I've always, I've always loved the subterfuge. I've always loved the sneaky stabby. And yes, there were huge periods in my life where I felt unseen or I wasn't yeah. allowed to be seen. Yeah. I wasn't allowed to be heard, and so I kind of hid. Yeah. And and yeah, you cause cause the the assassin, the the thief kind of character has that dark, nasty, shadowy aspect to the all the repressed all those repressed feelings and emotions that you're told you're not allowed to have, well, it, it comes out in these darker these darker characters. So, of course, with, with the subterfuge, it's the, the, being, the being hidden or, or keeping ourselves out of sight. So on a, on a positive, it's, it actually says to us that we kind of need to, to find our voice. To, yeah. to allow ourselves to be seen, to come out of the shadows. So it talks to us on that level. Where, where you know shadows. <laughs> but yeah it, it encourages us to not just embrace the shadows but to also come out yeah. of them and allow so, ourselves to be seen as well that was a wild quote i apologize it just came out <laughs> <laughs> yeah i never played wow see we, yeah. i was of that generation that um you know this the very idea of paying an ongoing yeah. fee oh, to play a game i get that a lot yeah yeah, that that was huge for us. That was just like I'm not doing that. Yeah, yeah. I'll pay 
X amount out front, even an exorbitant amount, but I'm not paying something on going just to play a game. Yeah, for me <laughs> though, I understand why I why they they require it, and that's why it doesn't bother me. Yeah, I understand that now, but of course it was so it was such a different thing at the yeah. time. Oh yeah. That yeah. a lot of us we just no. No, yeah, it's, stuff that. It, and the whole thing is you're, you're paying the fee for them to keep the servers maintained and to keep a staff on to fix any critical errors. Any happening. bugs and so, things like that and add more content and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah. I, I get all that stuff now, but again, in the day when, when yeah, it yeah. was first, it, change, change bad. Change, change bad. bad. Change, no change, change, change bad. No, babe, bad change. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that was a huge thing. Um, all right, so we, we go to, shall we say, the, the, the caster? Well, we, we briefly touched subterfuge and healer kind of there. We, but Yeah, okay, well, let's go for healer. Um, yeah. We've talked subterfuge a fair bit, the, the healer aspect of it. Well, and... I, I do want to touch one thing on subterfuge. I do find it weird that in D&D I can play a rogue. In D&D I can play a rogue all day, every day. I can sneak into any building uh there's a legendary rogue i made once called hope who actually soloed most of the campaign while the rest of the characters were trying to keep up with her um (laughs) you you put me in front of a game like dishonored or assassin's creed or i sneak for about the first five minutes and then i just kill everyone that's just how (laughs) i play subterfuge games i i don't get it in a video game i can't seem to do it but in in dnd i'll do it all day long okay perhaps that's Perhaps that's the format, though, because yeah. I mean, in, in video games, you the, the mind perhaps wants more stimulation from it. Fair. Whereas, Fair. whereas D D is is contemplative to begin with. Yeah. And it is is scenario enriching rather than visually stimulating, and again, it requires a different mindset. Yeah. Very different mindset to play D and D than it does to play any video game because, of course, D and D requires a, a, a deeper aspect of thought. Yeah, you know, I mean that that's why I've found that I love DMing or GMing as as it is now. I, I, I love love that aspect of it. GMing I, I love is the, creating the scenario. Uh, GMing is the general term. DMing is, is the uh, general. Dungeon, yes, DMing dungeon is Dungeons and Dragons. Dragons. Yeah, specifically. Yeah, but also too, I I, um, I read somewhere that they're trying to take the DM name out because of other connotations around DM. So, yeah, <laughs> like direct message and direct that, message and and yeah, porn terminology. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> so I was going to try to breeze over uh, that one. Uh, anyway. the truth is truth is truth. Fair enough. That. Um, but so, I mean, I, I love the, the storytelling aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that being, being a psychic probably gives me an advantage. Yeah. Um, being a good GM, cause I have a good idea how you guys are going to, going to react and how you're going to, to work through these situations. So at least I can try and create and, 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 you know, at least stay on, on those, you know, stay on that, that particular path. Yeah. But um yeah, so anyway, going back to where we were healers. Yeah. Okay. People again, people drawn to being being in, in that healer, that healing, the care, the caregiver kind of energy, the caregiver archetypes. Um, these can come out with people who want to be nurturers, but often we've found tend to be the the class that 
isn't always the first chosen. Yeah. It can often be hard to find someone to play the healer in a group. In in D and D, that is especially true. Um, it, a lot of D and D groups have a problem where it's kind of D, whoever chooses their character last ends up being the hero, healer, and then some groups get around that by they rotate who has to be the healer in each campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I have found that generally speaking, I end up finding somebody who who likes to play healers in my groups. Uh, in the case of a lot of my groups, it's my wife. My wife actually enjoys playing healers a lot of the time. She also enjoys playing rogues and rangers, but she she definitely likes playing healers. Um, yeah. I end up in that role a lot because, again, it is the last picked. It's like everyone has already picked their thing. Well, we don't have a healer. Uh, that's why I made the life or figured out how to make the life cleric as tanky as it has, because then I can actually take both roles simultaneously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and I find that like in MMOs, that's true too. Tanks and healers are the rarest too, because everyone yeah. just you know a lot of people think oh damage are the rock stars of MMOs, and it's like yeah, most of the time they're whiny bitches, <laughs> trailing off for effect. <sighs> I mean, there is, if you go into some, I mean, you can get into some really deep elements of psychology around this. It's like, you know, it's it's not the most glamorous of roles. Yeah. It's, you know, it's it, not. it doesn't get the, the credit that it's due. Let's face it, a good party wouldn't survive without a healer. Oh, yeah. Um, and in, in MMOs, it's like the party, you know, if the party does well, no one thinks that the tank did good. If the party does terribly, everybody blames the tank. You know, it's the same with the yeah. healer. Uh, it depends on yeah. why it all fell apart. But yeah, like a smooth running party, it's usually because your tank and your healer did a phenomenal job. And you won't Keeping see it. Keeping everybody alive. Yeah. yeah. And you you won't see it because it's just like, oh, that went really smoothly. Cool. Uh, and, and you don't see how hard the tank worked or how hard the healer worked or how second nature it becomes to them after a while. But in a good party that goes unnoticed in a terrible party, you notice right away. And so a lot of that's why it's hard to find a tank and a healer because it's like, well, either we get nothing or we get shit on. You know? mm-hmm. And and there, there is that aspect of it. It's like, those are the two classes more than any other, other classes that serve, that serve the yeah. rest of the party rather than being self-focused and in in gaming again a lot as we like to either play out what we cannot play in life we will try to avoid being the one that you know again is is the forgotten one or or you know the the ignored one or the underappreciated yeah. one and try to go and follow those paths that are a little bit more grandoise shall we say is that the, is that how I pronounce that it sounds good. I'll, I'll oh, close enough. Good enough. <laughs> Moving on. So it's it's that that whole you know these are the the classes that serve. They're the yeah. ones that legitimately serve the rest. And let's face it, we don't exactly get a lot of glory in our day to day lives unless you're a, like a professional athlete. Glory yeah. is is a hard thing to come by. So in in pursuing that through our games, we we tr- 
we may not think much about it because again these are the things that happen at the back of our brains so it's, it's not yeah. coming to the forefront to say oh i'm doing this intentionally it's like oh yeah get that oh but i don't want to like i don't if want you, to be that i want to be this if you would have never asked me why i tank never would have thought about it it's just the thing i do you know? yeah <laughs> And that this is these are the discussions that we want to open. You can understand a lot about yourself when you have a good look at these things. Yep. And and why they're so important to us. Because again, these are these are our stories. These are these are where we are where we are turning to for meaning in our lives now. Once upon a time they talked the, talked about the, the old gods and the old ways. That was your tabletop. Your, your, your discussions yeah. around the fire, your discussions with your friend, these were the things that you would talk about. Yep. Now these stories are coming to us through our games. And as we said last time, our games, as well as, yes, TV, movies, um, <clears throat> books, um, comics, wherever you get this, this stuff from, but games are the one avenue where our stories are truly interactive. Yep. Unless you find a really good choose your own adventure book. Yes. Yes. But they kind of don't make them for adults, which is. The fighting fantasies kind of were back in the day, well, at least for teenage, older teenagers. I've, I used to read some really creepy ones, but again, no. I got, I got real big into the goosebump ones growing up. I see. But goosebumps was after me. I was too old by the time goosebumps was. Fair enough. Thing. And my kids, uh, they've kind of gotten into, they read a few of them, but yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's not their, their series. Um, so casters. I mean, let's face it, who doesn't want to wield that kind of power? Yeah, who, that's who, true. Who, who doesn't, you know, doesn't love the, that idea? I mean, talk or think about the having that kind of energy, magic yeah. course through course through us especially to those of us who have felt truly powerless yeah truly powerless in our lives the the idea of being able to throw something like a disintegrate at your enemy yeah you know that's and i get i get something different out of caster but yes i understand that deeply i love the the i like to call it the the mental math that you do with a caster um me and you have had a private discussion about the fact that i'm not a fan of blasters yeah i'm not a fan at all but i love the trying to find creative uses for other spells and i i truly believe at least in D D, that if if you can utilize more than just damaging spells, you can actually do a lot more damage to something than just using damage spells. But that's <clears> a <throat> personal belief of mine. <laughs> and I can, as a DM, I can or GM, I can see that. I can see the ability to to put and to weave these things together where they get absolutely insane. Yeah, but part of that again goes against the way I've always done because i've always been a yes i've every time i've tried to weave something like that it's just like i could have killed them if i did that well yeah and as a gm <laughs> that's true you can absolutely <laughs> decimate a party on accident by proper uh-huh. use of spells like yeah <laughs> uh, i've i've thought i've done that as a gm i uh sent them against an appropriate amount of challenge rating of vampires then realized every vampire intrinsically knows fireball in the edition we were doing 
So what happened is the party walked into the group and just got fireballed to death. <laughs> I mean, the other thing for me too is I get I, I'm I'm still new at being a GM. I mean, literally, this is yeah. only the second game that I'm I'm GMing. I've done a one shot. We've done one campaign, and now we're doing this this new one, which is almost a complete. Well, it's a homebrew based on a campaign. Yeah, it's using the campaign book, but then modifying it to change some characters into Muppets, which is hilarious. <laughs> Especially when you consider it's Curse Muppets. of Strahd. Yes. <laughs> this is an awesome campaign. I'm having a lot of fun with it, and I love the whole storytelling. But I will admit that I don't know all the mechanics. Yeah, I don't know all the, the spells and, and, and stuff like that. So I'm still learning yeah. how to do that. Which yeah, is, and I'm, you know, yeah. I'm there for, for a lot of the mechanical help. And the, the, yeah. big thing, it, the big thing I'm trying to teach you is it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm still like, getting used to that whole thing because I, I like the rules. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> and that's perfectly fine. And yes, the rules should be applied when you can. But in yeah. lieu of knowing the rules, you know, going with a, a something that can stand until we figure out the rule or whatever is just as as important and effective. Yeah, and there's been a couple of times where it's just like, you know what, that's stupid. I'm going to go logically. Oh yeah, logically. Yeah. In, in if we think logically and in in the way physics would work, you know what, this is actually probably going to be more, uh huh, more believable. Uh, so I'm going to go which, in that direction. Which is funny because that means my friend Ray would absolutely love to be a character in your game because he he is constantly, constantly looking for ways to bend the rules based upon real world physics. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah, I can, I mean, from your direction, I can understand why it's so interesting to you. But I think from this perspective of the archetypes and, and the character role oh, yeah. play. I think yep. magic user in particular or caster in particular uh, um, calls to to those who, you know, on those sort of the, the, that powerlessness. That yeah. if you, well, have, and, you know, and, yeah, I was going to say not just not just powerless, but just people who crave power in general. Yes. Again, there's, there's the two sides of it. There are those yep. who crave it from from that being feeling small and weak and vulnerable and wanting to feel all powerful or wanting to feel that they had that power. And the caster archetypes tend to be physically weak, yeah. but have this incredible power that runs through it. Yes. Of course, the, the narcissistic, you know, I want all the power so, you know, I can rule the world and everyone bows down. Yeah. That's that, that shadow. Yeah. aspect associated with but on on that on that personal level most of most people it comes from that you know the small wanting a way to to express that power and to express that strength mm. from within or, so i think that's know, yeah like people in positions in their life where they feel powerless tend to gravitate towards casters yeah and, and of course, you know, the, sorry. Of course, this is all like ten two and and not. We're not. We. I'm. I'm trying to make it clear that we are not saying that if you play a caster, you are weak. That's not the point. No, no, it's not. Absolutely not. This. It. And it's not saying that. I mean, let's face it. Most of us, at some point in our life, had a had a point where we felt. Oh, yeah. you know, where we felt smaller. We felt helpless. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it might be something still from when we were little. 
Mm-hmm. when we were really little and it's still something that when we tap into or when we we go within we go to that little place and it calls that aspect out but it's it's a way to identify this aspect of self is when we feel or perhaps we're just in a space in our life when we choose to create this character yeah. that we feel that need to be a bit more powerful or we want to channel power yeah. and, and energy and we will choose that no you know the the academic or the just the raw the raw magic. Are we feeling a little bit more risque or whatever? Oh, let, let's let's throw the wild in there. And this this ability to create. Yeah, am I making sense or is my head cold getting the better? Oh no, of you're me? you're making sense. <laughs> oh, good, <laughs> because my brain's it's descending further and further into the abyss of soggy cotton wool that is my sinuses. <laughs> That's okay. Um, I won't make you record another one after this. You can go rest after this. I don't think I'm physically capable. Fair enough. Two is enough for one night. (laughs) Good. So, I mean, again, we will have a good, if if we feel this is a necessity, that we can have a deeper look into these archetypal aspects. Yeah. And and identifying... Yeah, I mean, we plan to do one about hero, but we can obviously go into these a little bit deeper. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of really out there topics I would love to deepen into. Um, I mean, and obviously we want to stress that these are things that, that appeal to, uh, that apply to both masculine and feminine and anyone yeah. on the spectrum. It's about the, the embodiment of energies, not about physicals. Yeah, we're not talking about physical genders and physical I mean, attributes. We're talking about this on on those personal, yeah. deeper, intimate levels. You know, there's times when we are alone and with ourselves and want to start healing. Yeah, yeah. Healing I'm also the aspects. person that has taken every single D and D class and figured out how to make a tank out of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, <laughs> for a GM, I I'm, I still don't know a great deal about that stuff, but I can weave a story. That, yeah, that's, well, that's my as, a, as a GM, you don't need to know a great deal about that stuff. That's for me to know and then beat you over the head <laughs> with later. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, look, let's face it, as far as classes and things like that, there's not really, um, you know, the, the, the crone kind of aspect. As far as women go and, and women-specific or feminine-specific characters they're really there was in pathfinder was there see i haven't played pathfinder there's a witch class which was very crone like um there was also alchemist which was very mixing of potions but that was more science and blowing shit up but yes we can go off on a whole different tangent about the representation of the feminine gaming but that's its own that's its own episode uh, that would probably be its own month. <laughs> <laughs> Four episode span, all about women. Uh, I will say this one yes. thing: I I highly support women in gaming. I think men need to yeah. chill the fuck out when there's a female playing with them. Uh, oh, yeah. She doesn't want to do you. You're not going to get in her pants if you're cool enough and if you kill enough. <laughs> get over yourself. <laughs> I'm sorry. Just get over yourself. <laughs> Um, and that's that's not to say all men act that way, but if you are one of those men who act that way, get over yourself. Yes. She just wants to play the game just like you do. Yes, indeed. Give the girls a chance. 
We're very yeah. creative. Very, very creative. Yeah. But, yes. And any, I mean, any I'm, I'm from the era where where women were not being a girl who played games. Ah, oh, yeah, we didn't exist. Yeah, and unfortunately, that mentality. Some people still hold that mentality, which is terrible. And one yeah, of the many the things I hope to change. Changed. Yeah. Well. Mm-hmm. After 30 years, a lot of things should have changed, but half of them don't. This uh, is very true. We're starting to catch up, though. This is yeah. why we are doing this now, where even yep. a few years ago, even trying to touch this subject, people would have thought we were completely bonkers. I mean, yeah. people will still think we're completely bonkers, but there'll be enough people curious enough to go, okay, what the hell are these <laughs> people on about? Fair enough. And hopefully find us mildly amusing. Mildly, at least. <laughs> but yeah, and and if you're lucky enough to have a female sit down at your D&D table, feel blessed because honestly, they are some of the best players I've ever seen and one of the best GMs I've ever seen. Yay. So, Thank you. Considering welcome. again, <laughs> lack of experience. Yeah. But... Oh, yeah. So, you know, seriously, just give them a chance and don't get all creepy pervy with them because that's just mean. <laughs> uh, but yeah. That's one, my stance on one that. One dead adventure. <laughs> Two dead adventures. I still have the mental image of Rex fighting him in every hit, just being like, one, one burning slash. <laughs> Freaked you out with Fozzie, though, didn't I? A little bit. <laughs> but yeah. Wow, we, we have actually, this has been the quickest these episodes have felt to me. This one. Like we this burned one? through an hour relatively quickly. Yeah, there's a lot of juiciness there. And I know I could go a lot deeper, but but head yeah. cold and my, my brain is it yeah. is yeah, so soggy cotton wool. That and I think I think saving each one and giving them because I, I, I really because we hit the, the second one and we were already at forty minutes and I was like, ah, oh, you know, I really would like to go yeah. deeper into all of these, but we yeah. don't have the time. We technically could have the time and make one five-hour episode. I'd rather not. Uh, <laughs> I think we'd lose some people somewhere somewhere uh, along the way if we went I'm that also, long. I'm also pretty sure Anchor would be like, no, you're, you're done. Because I think <laughs> Anchor has a two-hour time limit. But Fair enough. But, yeah, no, I think it's, it's probably best so then people can just focus on the ones that really call to them too and then yeah. later on catch up on the, one, the others. Yep. All righty. Uh, and yes, I will get over my cold. Oh, and and to also clarify, one last, one final clarification, uh, mm-hmm. mostly because I can't think of a better word for it. Um, when we when we say male and female, we don't necessarily mean the gender you were born with. And I'm throwing mm-hmm. that that one out there because I know people are going to be like, "You're not you're not also talking about transgender and blah blah blah." I mean, you know. We've said it a couple times. Your soul is a mix. Like everyone yeah. has male and female aspects inside of them. They're a traditional way of looking at it. Masculine and feminine is the better words. Um, yeah, the mas- masculine and feminine, especially when we do deep spiritual work, embodiment work and things along those lines. The simple fact is, is we have to use the terms masculine and feminine because there simply aren't other terms to use. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is nothing to do with gender. This has nothing to do with sexuality and everything to do with the energetics 
of of what are typically masculine and what are typically feminine. Um, uh, Masculine tends to be that straight line focus. Feminine tends to be the, the, you know, the weaving embodiment, Um, using those two different energetic aspects of, and yes, everyone, everyone, is a mixture of both, regardless of where you stand on the gender spectrum, where you identify yourself um, sexually. It has nothing yeah. to do with that at all. Yeah. And everything to do with the embodiment of these particular mm-hmm. energetics that we call masculine and feminine simply for the lack of any better terminology. Yeah. And I honestly think a big step towards, I, I don't want to use the word solving the problem, but helping with the whole toxic masculinity issue is for masculine people to recognize that they have feminine traits and be comfortable and fucking okay with it. Yes. There's a a lot there too for women to identify and understand that we can be just as responsible for toxic Uh masculine behaviors as well. Yeah. That not everything in the world is man's fault. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and a a big chunk of that is women doing things like why aren't you stronger? Why aren't you why aren't you doing this? Why aren't, and why yeah. are you crying? You're not allowed to cry. And it's yeah. That that Absolutely. all leads to toxic masculinity too. All of Absolutely. it. Absolutely. There's there's a lot. I mean, we we women, yes, there there has been certain things in history and and we could go go on on a very very deep deep tangent on this. But um which, which I, I, we won't go into to that single levels, but we yeah. all need to just take responsibility. We cannot change what happened in the past. All we can do is alter our own, our, our own actions, our yeah. own beliefs and our own, our own actions. And, guys, out there, this does not mean that all spiritual women want men to be feminine or standing totally in your feminine all the time. Yes, no. be in touch with that gentle, sensitive side but most women want you standing in your empowered masculine. Yeah. You're empowered, you're embodied, your mature masculine selves. We don't want more feminine. We've got enough of our own we're trying <laughs> to deal with. We, we, we're trying to embody and what we're looking for is someone who is the complement of us. Yeah. Is if, if we are standing strong in our feminine, we need someone who stands strong in their masculine. But, again, there will be times where we will stand in our masculine and we need you to stand in your feminine. It is a fluid dance between the two. That is just the way the energetics work. And that dance is not just with another outside of self. That dance is within self too. Yep. I think that's as deep as we need to get to today. We'll leave that for people to ponder and people go, wow. Woo, fun tangents. (laughs) Going deeper into topics that have nothing to do with the primary topic we started on. (laughs) Woo. but again this this was the whole point is these stories these experiences give us these incredibly new doorways for us to to know ourselves to know our own souls and whether that is just that higher level of consciousness or whether that is your connection to the divine Mm -hmm. that is your call oh it is all for improving Proving yourself, healing self. And a fun fact on this topic, Odin was considered feminine. Mm-hmm. That's and something it's a people funny don't think about. Yeah, it's a funny, funny thing. 
I mean, Odin, because of course he was the the seeker of knowledge, and knowledge yep. and and magic and he was, was a was a feminine thing. Yeah. yeah, in Norse in Norse culture, magic was very feminine. Only women magic was woman's work, and Odin is the one who created magic, in a lot of ways. It, it, again, it's it's one of those signs of the times, though. I mean, every, if you look at the kings of the of the the pantheons of gods, I mean, Zeus is particularly known for this. There are loads and loads of memes about Zeus, you know, you know, Greek history. <laughs> Greek history is massive, massive, massive thick volume. And then Greek history is if Zeus didn't have sex with everything. <laughs> my my favorite has always been the summing up of Greek history as Zeus saying, I want to fuck that thing, everyone telling him <laughs> it's a bad idea, and then Zeus fucking it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but this the whole point was is Zeus being the the father or all the, the father figure gods, all the, the heads of the pantheon, usually had multiple lovers. Multiple yeah. children to multiple lovers, because in those days, that was the epitome of male virility. Yeah, was that he could go out and have sex with whoever, whatever he wanted, and that that was how their culture saw, you know, alpha male, alpha male that that he had that prerogative. Of course, you yeah. do that by modern standards. Hey, yeah, you're not exactly going to have be married or, or whatever but again society is now moving away from that apparently yeah the, the younger generations are finding less and less importance with getting married and, and whatnot and that's again it just shows the evolution of the time but now that's of course the, the peak of male virility is is not seen as the how many women can you have sex with it actually is one of those turn off features rather than turn on features and it's a sign of of the evolution of our stories, the evolution yeah. of our archetypes. All right. Uh, I'm going to uh, cut this off here because you sound like okay. you are about to pass out. Just fill with <laughs> snot, like an overflowing bucket, <laughs> and then pass out. Soggy cotton wool. Soggy <laughs> cotton wool in my head. Don't Fair be enough. mean to me. I'll go and sulk. <laughs> Not being mean. I'm just being honest. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just sulking. Fair enough. <laughs> All right, you go get some rest. I will. All right. Have a lovely day, everyone. Take care of you. Thank you for listening to Gaming with Soul. If you'd like, you can drop us a line at gamingwithsoulpodcast at gmail dot com, or you can find us on Facebook at Gaming with Soul Podcast. And join the community group while you're there, Gaming with Soul Community. We're also on Instagram, at Gaming with Soul Podcast, and Twitter, at Gaming with Soul 7. Also, if you'd like to be part of our community, you can find us on Discord, at Gaming with Soul. Intro song was Dark by blank, B, open bracket, L-A-N, close bracket, K. Open bracket, this name left intentionally blank, close bracket, imaginative facilities.